Hello and welcome to another episode of The Thriving Metabolism, where we discuss everything that impacts your hormones and metabolism so that you can take control, repair the damage, and lose weight consistently without making yourself miserable in the process. It's my mission to empower you so that you and your metabolism thrives and you never have to go through diet misery again. I'm Louise Digby, registered nutritional therapist, weight loss expert, and founder of The Nourish Method to Lasting Fat Loss. In today's episode, we're going to be taking a bit of a different look at things because we're going to be talking about anti-aging. This is still pretty much on topic for the podcast because everything that we are going to talk about to do with anti-aging is also applicable to preventing damage to your metabolism and keeping your metabolism thriving. And I wanted to talk about anti-aging because I think for my clients that come through my program and get themselves to a good place where they've either hit their weight loss goals or they know what they need to do to hit their weight loss goals eventually, um, often the next thing that they start to think about, because there's always something, right? The next thing they start to think about is anti-aging. How can they slow down that persistent passage of time? Is there anything that they can do to make their skin look more youthful, make it look more dewy and glowing and reduce the wrinkles and improve the tone and the texture of the skin. And I'm pleased to tell you that there's lots that we can do. In fact, I've had quite a few clients who have come to the end of their program, the Nourish Method, and one of the things that so many of them talk about is the difference in their skin. And actually that happens quite early on in the program. It doesn't take a long time to start making a difference to your skin. And these are not necessarily people that had skin problems in the first place, like, you know, acne or eczema, although we do see improvements in those things for sure. Uh, But even people who, you know, didn't really have any real qualms with their skin notice the difference in terms of their skin just looking more youthful and healthier overall. And I think it's safe to say that pretty much all of us would be quite happy to notice that as a positive side effect of your weight loss journey, right? So in order for you to understand what you need to do to start anti-aging and uh, improving the health of your skin or at least slow down aging that's the very least that we can achieve but we can also do some reversal of damage in order to understand that we need to understand why we age in the first place so we've obviously got the just the passing of time and us getting older and um, the kind of slowing down of regeneration in the body. As we get older, we don't repair as quickly. We don't replace our cells as quickly and we don't produce as much collagen either. So that's a very natural thing and that how that happens for each individual will be according to genetics. So there's only so much you can do for that side of things but there's things that you can do to prevent aging happening at 
at an accelerated rate. And there's so many things in modern life that do accelerate aging. Um, so that means that there's lots that we can do to um, compensate for that. There's also the effects of things like the sun, and we call this photo-aging. And of course, sun exposure, it does increase the aging of the skin. So fine lines and wrinkles and skin spots and that sort of thing. So first off, the simplest thing you can do is use an SPF of at least 50 every day on your face and neck. Um, and you know, the bits that are going to be exposed to the sun and use it every day throughout the year, not just in the summer, not just when it feels warm out. We are exposed to UV rays every day, even days that are cloudy. Sometimes the UV index can be even higher because of the way that that makes UV rays reflect off the clouds. So using SPF every single day, high SPF is a key way to keep your skin from having the effects of photo aging. Now, this of course is not a nutrition tip, but I just felt like I had to say it because no anti-aging podcast would be complete without mentioning SPF. But let's get into um, the nutrition side of things. And you know, one of the big things that causes aging is something called glycation. Glycation is where a sugar molecule attaches to a protein. And collagen is something that perhaps not many people realize is actually a protein. And so when we're talking about aging and glycation, we're talking about sugar molecules attaching to collagen. Now, this is a problem because this will basically make your collagen break down more quickly and it kind of makes the collagen ineffective. And collagen is what gives our skin its structure. And um, if we don't have enough collagen, that is when we can start to see the condition of the skin deteriorating. Now, this is not necessarily me saying that you should take collagen, but more importantly than that is to make sure that we are following a low sugar or a low GI, low GL diet. So GI means glycemic index, GL means glycemic load. They're relatively similar, but it to put it into very simple terms for the sake of this podcast, it's about eating a lower sugar diet and not just sugar in its refined form, but also thinking about foods that break down and turn into sugar. So biscuits and cakes and pastries and breads and rice and those sorts of things, any starchy carbs, when we eat them, they break down into sugar. Now you'll know from previous podcasts of mine that It's not about not having carbs at all. It's more about being really savvy with the types of carbs that you have, making sure you're going for quality, not going crazy with the amount, but not cutting them out either, but making sure that we're not having too much in the way of refined sugars and starchy processed carbs is key for keeping our blood sugar levels lower. And that is going to help to reduce the amount of glycation that happens in your body. Now, that is really important for reducing aging, but it's also really important for your overall health. Glycation can impact things like the health of your eyes and your nerves, 
your brain, your arteries, and all of those things are linked in with the big things that we worry about as we get older, like Alzheimer's and cardiovascular disease and cancers and those sorts of things. You know, when we're talking about aging, we think about the skin, but actually we're also talking about these chronic conditions that develop or more likely develop as we get older. So everything that you do to take steps to prevent your skin from a nutrition standpoint is also going to be helping to reduce the risk of things like Alzheimer's and dementia and cardiovascular disease and all those other things. So, so many reasons to be thinking about anti-aging, right? So that's the first thing, sticking with a lower sugar diet. The second thing is making sure that you have plenty of healthy fats. Now, our skin is, or the membranes in the cells that make up our skin are full of fat. And the type of fat is really important because it's the monounsaturated fats and the polyunsaturated fats. So omega-3s and types of fats you get from nuts and seeds and olives and olive oil and avocados and avocado oil. These are all fats and oils that our skin loves. So, so good for our skin. And part of the reason is because of the type of fat and how that keeps our cell membranes nice and flexible, um, as opposed to more saturated fats, which can make our um, our membranes more rigid. Um, so part of it is the type of fat, but also those fats, particularly things like avocado and olive oils and nuts and seeds, they come along with lots of nutrients like vitamin E um, and vitamin A and zinc and lots of nutrients that are really good for our skin. So healthy fats, really, really important. I've spoken about healthy fats many, many times over the previous podcast episodes because of how important they are for our hormones and well, loads of things, but particularly hormones. Um, but also important for our skin as well. So healthy fats is the second thing to be thinking about to slow down aging. And then the third thing is a biggie, and this is antioxidants. Antioxidants we get from lots of different places, particularly from our colorful fruits and vegetables, um, herbs and spices, and also photo um, phytoestrogens are a type of antioxidant and we find these in things like flax seeds and fermented soy um, in beans and pulses so these antioxidants they go around repairing damage in your body so one of the things that causes aging alongside glycation is oxidation So oxidation, one of the simplest ways that I can explain it is when you see rust on metal, that is the result of oxidation. It is the impact that oxygen has on on things it oxidizes. So this happens in our body and oxidation is something that um, can occur in your body because of toxins or things that are in your body that are causing this damage are known as um, 
reactive oxygen species or free radicals. So they are byproducts of toxins basically that cause damage in your body. And antioxidants are the remedy. They go around repairing damage, preventing damage, and really just healing your body. So lots of antioxidants in your diet are going to help to repair the damage to your skin, repair the damage to your metabolism, repair the damage to your brain, to your gut, to your arteries. I could go on and on. So antioxidants, super, super important to have them in our diet regularly and in good doses to keep us healthy and to slow down the the physical and kind of the visible aging as well. And antioxidants are really where a lot of people fall down. You know, I see a lot of people who have good diets, quote unquote, because they are eating enough protein and they are eating you know, not too many carbs and they're getting some fat in their diet and all of that. But when you look at it closely, what's often lacking is an adequate level of antioxidants because what they're having is potentially too processed, um, not fresh enough, or maybe not enough variety in the diet. So making sure we're getting a good variety of colored fruits and vegetables, herbs and spices, uh, fermented soy, things like ground flax seeds, all those things that I mentioned are really, really important for getting those antioxidants in. And even things like dark chocolate or cacao nibs or raw cacao, um, things like red wine in moderation um, are really rich sources of antioxidants. Green tea, normal tea, good quality coffee, so it's not just about eating more fruit and veg. There's loads of ways that we can get antioxidants into the diet. The fourth thing is to avoid fried and processed foods. Now, part of the reason for this is because when we cook things at high temperatures or for very long times, we're, they're more likely to develop what are called advanced glycation end products which is abbreviated to age or AGEs. So these AGEs, um, I was talking about glycation earlier and how it's a sugar molecule binding to a protein and often it can come from a high sugar diet. Well, very similar damage can occur when we eat too many fried and processed foods because of these AGEs that are in the food that has been kind of over-processed, if you like. So we really want to minimize exposure to those by modifying our cooking methods. doesn't mean that you can never eat fried foods or you can never have processed foods, but if you're always frying, if you're always using uh, processed foods, ready meals, takeaways, and that sort of thing, or, or at least processed products as part of your meals then you know that could be accelerating aging both internally and externally as well so using more water-based cooking methods like steaming boiling poaching can help to reduce those AGEs that are produced in food because the temperature is lower in the cooking so That's the fourth thing. And then the fifth thing, 
what we want to do is try to minimize our exposure to toxins. So toxins um, are really anything that can come into your body which isn't giving your food sustenance and nutrition. So we're exposed to a lot of toxins, things like fragranced candles or air fresheners or anything that really has any sort of synthetic fragrance in. That's a toxin. That's something that we breathe in, our body has to process and detox and eliminate. And anything that is going into the body that isn't serving a purpose um, and is you know, causing damage, it has to be detoxed. We have to get rid of it. And it puts a burden on your liver because there's just so much that we're exposed to. So things like those fragranced products, things like the coatings on non-stick pans, um, things like phthalates from skincare products. Um, There is such a long list. um, Chemicals that are put on sofas and furniture to prevent um, them being flammable or to uh, reduce the rate at which they burn. Those are all chemicals that we're exposed to. Pollution, pesticides. So there's a long list and reducing our exposure to those things where we can, because it's not possible to eliminate exposure completely, but reducing exposure where we can helps to reduce that toxic load and that helps to minimize aging as well. And then my sixth nutrition tip for reducing aging or minimizing aging is to take collagen. So we're kind of going full circle here. I mentioned collagen initially and collagen, there's a lot of research on it now to show that it does have a really positive impact in a relatively short amount of time. You know, within a couple of months, it can have an impact on the appearance of skin, fine lines and wrinkles. Um, Now, it's worth being aware that the research is likely heavily biased because the people that are doing the research are the ones that want to sell the supplements. So you do have to kind of look at that research and take it with a pinch of salt. However, I have heard so many clients who have started taking collagen who have noticed a significant impact in their skin. It's always difficult to know what is it that's having the benefit because you know, when I'm working with people, I'm not just recommending that they take collagen and then wait eight weeks and see what happens. They're doing lots of other things at the same time. Lots of the things that I've already mentioned in this podcast, plus a lot more. And so the likelihood is it's a combination of different things that's having an impact. But if you've got the budget and you've got the foundations in place, because let's not forget that adding in a supplement on its own and not doing anything else is probably not going to have much of an impact. We've got to have those foundations in place, particularly keeping that sugar load down and getting those antioxidants up. We can get those foundations in place, then something like collagen is a nice addition. And it's also something that's really easy to take, in my opinion. It's pretty much flavorless and it dissolves in warm drinks. So you can add it to coffee, you could add it to tea, to hot chocolate, you can add it to smoothies. Um, you can just take it as it is. You can add it to protein shakes. Um, however you want to take it, it's very easy to take. And um, it's thought to potentially be better to take collagen peptides because the collagen 
strands, if you like, are broken down into smaller chunks called peptides. So it's easier for us to digest and absorb. Now I'm asked all the time, Louise, I'm vegan, what collagen product can I take? You cannot get vegan collagen. So looking for collagen itself as a vegan is not going to be something you want to be able to find. But there are products which are basically made up of all the nutrients that we need to make collagen and the amino acids that we need to make collagen. So there are vegan collagen products out there which in theory should do the same thing. So that is just something to bear in mind if you're vegan and looking for a collagen supplement to add. But I'm just going to say it again, adding in a collagen supplement on its own is probably not going to have a massive impact if you've not got those other foundations in place. It's not a cheap supplement. So you're best off if you haven't got a lot of budget to play with, investing that money in buying better quality fruits and vegetables or getting more superfoods into your diet or buying some more organic foods to reduce your exposure to pesticides as opposed to investing that money in a supplement without you know looking at those other factors so those are my tips for you for anti-aging from a nutrition standpoint and i just also want to mention a couple of other things to think about because also just as important is making sure that you are getting enough sleep and that you are managing stress and it kind of goes without saying but that you're not smoking or you know using drugs or anything like that so if you're smoking start there and work on stopping smoking because that is going to be the thing that is aging you the most internally and externally and causing the most damage overall um if you're not sleeping properly that is a huge huge priority because lack of sleep is so aging not just to our skin but internally it ages us internally it's so inflammatory to be not getting enough sleep and also you know when we we look at aging from the mental uh, like cognitive function side of things in terms of um, dementia and alzheimer's lack of sleep has been strongly correlated to the development of alzheimer's and uh, dementia that's not to say that it's the root cause there's lots of factors that come together but you're more at risk of developing cognitive decline if you are not sleeping properly and you know you haven't for a long time when we are asleep uh, our spinal fluid basically jet washes our brains and gets rid of all the byproducts and debris that is the result of all the cognitive functions that happen during the day so if you're not sleeping for long enough that process isn't happening properly we're not clearing away that debris from the brain and those little bits of debris that are left over over time they start to build up and that is one of the things that contributes to cognitive decline when we are older so making sure that you're sleeping properly is so so important make it a top priority and that goes hand in hand with managing stress because stress again very inflammatory raises our cortisol levels which raises our blood sugars raises levels of inflammation in the body disrupts our hormones and you know pushes down our estrogen level and 
you know, I've not mentioned it as part of this podcast, but when our estrogen levels drop, our skin tends to get drier and more wrinkle prone. So if we're stressed, if we're not sleeping, that's going to be suppressing our estrogen level and aging us even quicker. So there's many ways in which stress and sleep impact us. So those are also big factors to be thinking about if you are serious about making sure that your skin is aging well. Okay, now it's time for my favorite fact from the week. And this one I thought was really interesting. Yogurt may be the next go-to garlic breath remedy. And um, so it says a new study conducted in a lab with, holo- with follow-up human breath tests being planned showed that whole milk plain yogurt prevented almost all of the volatile compounds responsible for garlic's pungent scent from escaping into the air. Now, I thought this was so interesting because I certainly have clients that say they don't want to add garlic to their meals or they don't like garlic because they worry about garlic breath or just smelling garlicky overall, which I can totally understand. It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting smell, um, but it's such a shame because the benefits of garlic are just so massive, so, so good for our cardiovascular systems, brain health, um, good for our guts. You know, they're really packed with antioxidants and good stuff. So if we can get garlic into the diet without having to suffer the embarrassment of garlic breath and smelling garlicky, then I'm so up for having some yogurt to prevent that garlickiness. And interestingly, this study also mentioned previous studies that have found other foods help as well. So if you're not a fan of whole milk, dairy yogurt, um, and it's plain full fat yogurt, by the way, not low fat. Um, if you're not a fan of yogurt, then things like apples and mint and lettuce have also been shown to combat the garlic smell. And it's because of their enzymes and fat that um, they have that impact. But milk-wise, it's thought to be the protein in the milk that um, neutralizes that garlic smell. So there you have it, a really handy tip to reduce the garlic breath, but still be able to get that garlic into your diet. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to talk to me about anything that I've discussed in this episode, you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok by searching at Louise Digby Nutrition. If you're enjoying this podcast, please head to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, click follow and leave a review. I was looking at my stats for the podcast the other day and I noticed that about half the people who listen regularly don't actually subscribe or have clicked follow. So perhaps you could go and have a little double check and make sure that you are following because it really makes a difference. It helps the podcast to grow and growing helps me to reach more people, but also will help me to get interesting guests onto the podcast, which is going to be coming up over the next kind of season of the podcast. So you've got that to look forward to. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.